How's it going? Welcome to episode 59 of On The Wire. Proud member of the Pitcher List Podcast Network. Follow the pod on the Twitter at OnTheWirePod. And of course, if you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, please take a second to let us know what you think. I am Adam Howe. You can follow me on the Twitter at 80Grade. That's all spelled out. I am once again joined by my co-host, Kevin Hastings, who should be followed himself at Hasting Kevin. I just have to say, Kevin, that I am a little jealous after you informed me a couple days ago that you were able to actually go to a live professional baseball game this past week, even if it was a little late <laughs> on the night it was in, in your Royals did not pull it out. I'm still, I'm assuming it was still a good time. Oh, it's always a good time. Yeah. We went a night early. The Royals scored eight runs the following night in Arlington, <laughs> but it was a good time. And a funny thing real quick, I was there with my daughter and it was her second MLB game and we've been to a handful of minor league games in the past and she asked me why did that guy stop running after he hit the ball and I said that's a foul ball and I said see that line that goes from the home plate to that yellow pole and the other one to that yellow pole they have to hit it between there and she paused for a second she said oh baseball is like kickball and I laughed. I said the other way around, but yes, now you get the idea. <laughs> hey, whatever gets her to associate positive notes to, uh, exactly. to the game we exactly. love, that's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, we are we're going to get right into it. And luckily, we have we have some backup here with us today to help us break down some fab bidding for I think this is week seven at this point. Jeez, it is flying by and. Who better to bring on the show than the Swiss Army Knife of NFBC himself? That's Derek Butcher. Joins us this week to break down all things fab. Also provide some insight into utilizing the NFBC platform to your advantage. Derek can be followed on the Twitter at DButcher. That's D-B-U-C-H-A-R. And and like I said, the self-proclaimed Swiss Army Knife of the NFBC and the NFFC from setting up private leagues on the platform like our own on the wire listener leagues. Thank you, Derek, to creating tutorial content on how to navigate their new fab features, which we will definitely get into a little bit later. Derek does it all for the site, and we're lucky to have him here with us this week. Derek, thanks for joining us. And how's the first few weeks of the season treating you and your teams this year? Not bad, guys. First, thanks for having me. I love doing these with those. So again, thanks, Adam and Kevin, for having me on. I do want to say the self-proclaimed nickname, everyone says that, and it's sadly, it's true. I feel bad. Who gives themselves an actual nickname? Right? <laughs> well, if you don't in, have in a all, business card that has the title on it, then... In all honesty, we're not that big on titles over at Sports Hub and NFFC and NFBC. And somebody asked me what I... Actually, my son, when he was about six, he's, he's uh, nine, almost 10 now. But when he was like six years old... They had the thing at school. Or what does your dad actually do? And he asked me, and I'm like, I don't really know. I don't have. I can't. Before I was like an accountant and a finance guy by trade, but I was a huge NFBC, NFFC player. I was hooked up with Sports Hub as the accountant, whatever. And as we purchased all these fantasy companies, I, I couldn't play anymore. So we had to find a role, and so I, I do everything. That's where the whole Swiss Army knife joke comes from. Right, I mean, right. I do. My main job is basically to make sure I'm still a finance guy. I do the high end. We, here's our budget. We got to make sure we hit our budget. So let's make sure we're doing all this stuff. But I, but I dabble in everything. So like, I still watch the most drafts. I, I, I do it all. I work with the product guys. I'm on the message board. So again, I, I love it because I, again, I get to do everything. So that's where that whole comes from. But yeah, I should, probably shouldn't have given myself that nickname. Nonetheless, yeah. my teams, uh, my teams this year are, 
I, my teams are always still in this phase before Memorial Day where they're jumping around from anywhere from, well, this year, not as good, maybe fourth to ninth because everything's still going on my starting pitching. So if I'm at the point where I'm sure. my starting pitching is off by a few days, I go up, I go down, whatever. I do have, and I think everyone knows that Buxton has been my guy for a while, especially this year. So I have, I do not have a team that does not have Byron Buxton on it. I will say that. So as sort as he goes, not in the lineup tonight, again, frustrating. But as he goes, I go. But again, I'm, I'm bouncing around. Anywhere from mid-pack, just based on starting pitching at this point. I wish I was a little higher. I wish I was saying I was bouncing around from first to fourth, but uh, that's not really <laughs> the case right now. Don't we all? Yeah, Derek, it's, whenever there's a conversation, whether it's on Twitter or in private messages that I'm, I'm in, and there's a question about NFBC, it always comes up. Oh, Derek would have the answer to that. Oh, go to Derek for that. Or Derek made this content and he he, he can walk you through it. And so... I don't think the self-proclaimed thing is unwarranted by any stretch of imagination. It's always your name that ends up popping up. There's a reason why I reached out to you to set up our listener league because, you know, that's what every, oh, that's probably Derek. (laughs) Thanks for everything you do here and and thanks for being on the show. And we'll, we'll pick your brain even more so a little bit later on. But for now, let's get into some news from the week. As as updated as we can get, of course, we're going to hit on, we're not going to hit on everything. We're going to hit on mostly things that are going to maybe impact how you look at your fab considerations for this coming Sunday. Kevin, I'm going to start with you. The Mariners made a whole bunch of new moves this week, most notably, though, being the send down of their boy, Jarek. Jared Kelenic right before Seattle was to travel to his former franchise, uh, the New York Mets and face off over the weekend with the news also breaking that Mitch Hanniger could be out until after the all-star break with his ankle injury that he is uh, currently on the IL for. Could we see Kyle Lewis being stepping into a much more needed everyday outfield role for Seattle when he returns uh, from his current rehab assignment? Oh, I think absolutely that's what's going to happen. It's just a question of when. They've been pretty public about the fact that he was going to spend the entire 20 days allotted for a rehab assignment, the AAA Tacoma. And I I didn't know that that 20-day thing even existed until the the news on Kyle Lewis himself. But I went back and looked. uh, That began on May 3rd. So that would be a week from Monday, one more week without him. Now, I was wondering if he might come a little early with Kelnick going down with the injury to Hanniger. But when I went and looked uh, tonight, he is in the lineup for only the sixth time now in 11 days. And he had the last two nights off. So they are bringing him along a little slowly. And I was hoping maybe he would come back a little early, but it doesn't look like that'll be the case. But a week from Monday is when that 20 days is up. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, they like the White Sox brought Andrew Vaughn back earlier than at least Tony La Russa thought he w- they were going to bring him back right. due to other injury concerns that they uh, And coming are- into the night, he's hitting 350 with a couple of home runs already. He's, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. like 1,100 OPS. It's going well. It's just a matter of uh, getting him up with the Major League Club. Exactly. All right, another IL uh, announcement, Ryan Mountcastle, who missed a couple of days, hit the IL on Friday, retroactive to, I think, May 11th in for Baltimore with a uh, wrist, a sore wrist. Derek, is there any playing time to be had by any individual in Baltimore that everybody should be uh, keeping an eye out for this weekend before Fab? I, I don't think there's a 
ton. I think it it makes just Hayes, Mullen, Santander, and Nevin play a little bit more than they might have with Mountcastle in there. Again, I guess it opens up. Uh, Chris Owings will have a three or four day hot stretch here coming up. He has it every year, so he, he was in the lineup the last couple nights. I, I don't know that you can ever catch that. If you catch that lightning in a bottle, you're a much better faber and, and guesser than I am. But I, I don't think it matters. They have a bunch of young guys seemingly that they could call up, and they brought up uh, Bannon, I guess, right the other night or. I don't know. I, I don't. To me, I don't think there's much you can do as a fantasy guy here. Again, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm the expert on the Orioles by any means, but uh, I, I don't think there's much here to see. Yeah, I'll call out our boy Alexander Chase, who made a comment on Twitter that Adley Rutschman could not be sent down fast enough to Baltimore to fill in that lineup. <laughs> yeah, he used that word. He used the word properly, probably. Nice. All right, Kevin. Big news in San Diego. The Padres, they signed Robinson Cano. Why? <laughs> Just to annoy us. <laughs> it, it appears Hayson Kim is starting to heat up and get comfortable. And he, he's Cano's on the major league roster. He's going to play once in a while. And same with Cronen, those rostering Cronenworth. It, it, it's going to happen. And it's going to be infuriating for those of us with those players at the Padres on the nights that he's in the lineup. I, there's no other reason. I, you know what I'm really surprised about, and you guys, if I, if I missed it, um, correct me. But the fact that Robinson Cano was DFA'd and he got he signed so quickly, so obviously at, at a minimum to San Diego's budget, but Justin Upton is still out there being cut before the major league season even started, and he would also be signing for a minimum. He's still available. I guess I'm really surprised that Cano signed so quickly and Upton is still out there. I don't know if that's just Upton not wanting to play anymore or if there's just more to it than I'm seeing. But Upton was taking some reps at first base in spring training before the season started. It seemed like that could be an op or a more versatile option than Cano. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I agree. I don't get it either. I don't have. I don't have All a right, good Derek. answer. Can... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's probably the correct answer. No answer in this scenario is probably the correct one. Right. All right. Let's go back to New York, Derek. James McCann broke his left hamate bone and is set for surgery. He's expected to be out roughly six weeks or so, and who knows how much hamate bones we all know the rumors with those and how much they sap the power. Yada yada. If they're not coming back properly. And we know how much we can always trust the New York Mets training staff to bring back their injuries properly. Are there any other backstop in New York worth scooping up this weekend? Or is there another widely available catcher out there on the wire for fantasy managers to look forward to? Yeah, so I, I wasn't on McCann this year at all, uh, You know, let, let alone somebody that's going to be backing him up. Now, I know Nito will run into a, a home run every now and then, but he hasn't had any this year. They brought up some guy who sounds like he's on my city council. I can't even remember his name. So I And I mentioned I actually put this in before I saw Danny Jansen was actually back in the lineup tonight who just homered, right, not about an hour ago. In, in, in NFBC main events, Danny Jansen is owned in every league. But in the Roto-Wire, I think he's still pretty wildly, you know, widely available because he was cut so much on, on teams that had him. So I, I'm guessing Danny Jansen is still like, well, on Sunday will be available in 60 to 70% of Rotowire online. And why I say that is just like our 12 team leagues. We're talking about 15 team leagues. We just do the main event and 12 team leagues. We talked about the Rotowire OC because those are the main ones. I was, my point was this might be your last chance to sneak him through pretty cheap in 12 teamers. And that probably dissipated tonight with the Homer and the fact that he's back, but he is going to be a huge pickup in our 12-team leagues on Sunday. 
Yeah, I'm almost disappointed because Kevin, I took your advice a couple of weeks ago, picked up Zach Collins, and he's been in my lineup in a couple of leagues. And be curious to see if somehow he can hold on to that playing time or if he'll end up just being, especially in 12 teamers, an easy cut because of Jansen coming back. That would be my guess because Kirk was starting to hit a little bit too. So I think Collins' time is probably past us. All right, Kevin, we'll go. Back to your Royals. I'd be remiss not to have a Royals comment for you almost every episode. And that's this is positive news. Carlos Santana is back. He's back in the Royals active lineup. He was back in the lineup yesterday or Friday as well, starting at first base, if I'm not mistaken. They they send backup catcher Sebastian Rivero back down to double A. They're like, no, skip triple A. You're going all the way back to double A. So at least in my mind, he can stop stealing playing time from MJ Melendez now behind the plate. What sort of playing time scenario do you see Kansas City with Santana back in the mix, in especially just in the infield in DH? I think he's playing most games against right-handed starting pitching. He's back in the lineup tonight that it has been pretty continuous throughout the, the week he's been with the team. Left-handed starter, he's not in the lineup, MJ Melendez. So I think that's going to happen, unfortunately. The night I went to the game, you sent the message that he's starting in right field, and I had seen that as well. But by the time I got into the stadium, Whit Merrifield was out in right field, Melendez was catching, and Salvador Perez was the DH. So I don't know if it was a mistake or if they just changed their mind or what happened. I never did hear. So I'm still worried that Cam Gallagher can come back any day now. There still hasn't been an update, and MJ Melendez might be right back to AAA. Quiet, Kevin. Quiet. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) Stop stop speaking that into existence. Yeah, I know that Melendez was playing in multiple positions in the minors. I wasn't surprised to see him listed as the right fielder. I was more surprised to hear you say he did not play right field (laughs) as you saw that with your own eyes, because I have Melendez in, in a bunch of places, including my Yahoo leagues. Wouldn't mind having that outfield eligibility pretty quickly. The fact that he was in the lineup should have given him that outfield eligibility in Yahoo. So I'm not sure if there was a glitch or not. All right, Derek. Let's go to Miami where Joey Wendell hit the IL with a hamstring strain retroactive to May 12th. So his playing time should be going to the recently activated Brian Anderson in Miami. Can Anderson do enough in the next week or so to keep the playing time? Or do you think Wendell is destined to step right back into the expanded role he's seen since joining the team? Great question. I wish I had a good answer. I will say that Anderson could because we've seen Anderson go on very good hot streaks before. To me, the Marlins are the NL version of Tampa Bay. And maybe it's because I don't follow them enough. They're probably like my Orioles of the American League, the team I just I don't follow enough. But I, I'm Joey Wendell's team last year was Tampa Bay, which I think is, is funny. I loved Joey Wendell in drafts last year. I took him, I believe, on every team. I just loved the eligibility. I felt he, he had the possibility of being a 10-homer, 10 10-plus 10 homer, 20-stolen base guy that you could plug in anywhere, basically, anytime someone got hurt. Now, he still has eligibility this year, third base and shortstop at this point. I don't, he hasn't played in the outfield yet, so I doubt he's ever going to get that eligibility back this year. But, again, I, I I don't know much about the Marlins, to be honest with you, what they do, what they're going to do. To me, he's like, twins are my team, right? So Luis Arias, a guy that can play pretty much anywhere on your fantasy team. It's not a guy that you necessarily want to start but a guy to have on your bench in case you have that inevitable, which we all have those inevitable injuries where you can plug him in pretty much anywhere, right? Middle infield corner, whatever position he's at second or third or whatever. And then outfield, that's a guy like Wendell 
that's why I would have Wendell on my team this year. I, I do the fact that he's got four bags already. Of course, we all love that. But those are so hard to predict for me if a guy's not getting regular playing time. So there's another guy I'm going to talk about when we talk uh, a little bit down farther on some of the guys that I would much rather have than Joey Wendell. So while I don't know what to say about Wendell. Like definitely Rossville, just based on the fact that he can get you bags and play a few positions. But other than that, it, it's hard for me to gauge rest of season with Joey Wendell at this point. Yeah, I'd say, especially in my 15-teamers, just because he hit the IL here, I'm going to have to be pretty strapped to to drop him this week. Just because I do, I believe when he does come back, he'll separate back into the what he's been doing in Miami, whether that's playing you know multiple games in a row at third base or or moving around a little bit more now that Anderson's in there. That's to assume that Anderson's still there. <laughs> when Wendell comes back, Anderson doesn't exactly have he's not the basket of health. All, himself, all league so. dependent. I, I believe Wendell's one of those totally league dependent. Sure. type of guys who you have on your roster and what's out there for sure 100 percent. all right another il announcement kevin uh clayton kershaw hit the il for the dodgers is it worth scouring the dodgers rotation for a replacement or do you expect them to simply use dodgeritis or any kind of other patchwork to fill it um, and not give the innings to one particular player about a week ago there was a report that andre jackson was going to enter the rotation it was going to be a six-man rotation now, that would be five-man rotation. A couple of nights before that report, he had his first rough outing of the season, and then a couple of nights ago, he got bombed in a minor league outing. So, who knows what they're doing. The interesting guy to me is Ryan Pepio, and he has looked really good at AAA with 36 strikeouts in 26 innings, except he also had 12 walks in those 26 innings. And then with his one start with the Dodgers last week, he had five walks in three innings, three innings of one hit ball, but five walks. Five walks. <laughs> that's probably not going to work. Now, Roster Resource has Andre Jackson going tomorrow and Pepio as one of the starters in the doubleheader on Tuesday, I believe. So, I don't think either one of them is going to go deep enough into games, at least initially, to matter. I think if I was going to speculate and have one on my roster to see what happens, I think I'd go with the strikeout upside of Pepio and, and hope that the Dodgers can help him fi- figure out that bases on balls problem. Yeah, unfortunately, in these, normally I would recommend, hey, look at the bullpen, see what the, see who's, who's, set to go on after Pepio. It's a lot harder to predict that in a weekly format league when you're fabbing on Sunday and the doubleheader isn't until Tuesday. Um, Not sure exactly what's going to go on, but those in daily leagues definitely keep an eye on, say, the reliever ranks article that we put out at Pitcher List every day and kind of see who looks like they could be in line for that follower role, because I agree, I don't don't see at least Pepio going. He only went three innings in his debut, and I don't see the Dodgers pushing him unless he continues with that one hit ball and cuts down on the walks and is a little bit more efficient and can get through five. I would be betting the under if that prop bet was available, though. Yeah. All right. Last thing, Derek, in Philadelphia, it's been reported Bryce Harper has a partially torn UCL. Where have we heard that before? And he's been DHing pretty regularly for Philadelphia because of the soreness in that elbow. You know, can't play the outfield. I think he's registered only about seven or eight games in the outfield so far this year. So 
I guess, is it too premature to start talking about Harper as a possible DH only player entering 2023? And are you worried at all of him getting a little bit extra rest in the next couple of weeks just due to that, even at the DH position? So to answer the first question, worry about 2003 or 2023, not at all. He's played eight games in the outfield. Again, we have uh, how many games we left? 120 to go here, 130 to go. So uh, again, it's way too early to worry about that. It's way too worry, early to worry about anything 2023, let alone if Bryce Harper is going to get 20 games in the outfield for next year. And honestly, to me, it wouldn't make one iota of difference where I would draft Bryce Harper next year because knowing next year, if he's healthy, He's going to either get that fixed or it's not going to have to be fixed. He's going to get his outfield games in within a week and a half or two weeks starting next year. Not a big deal. I'm also a guy that would always take David Ortiz at the UDL. I, I would never care about clogging up my UDL like a lot of people do because I would take David Ortiz's stats when he was a stud and just and just run with it. No, I'm not worried about it. Again, though I think Harper's going to get some rest. He might, but look at what he's done right up to this point. Eight home runs, six stolen bases, 291 averages before tonight. Uh, I believe 27 runs and 24 RBIs. So it's to me, it's like you give me that over the course of 162 games. I say leave him at DH all year, to be honest with you. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't, I don't know, baby. I don't know. I it's, go. it's like $45 player right now or 46 I don't know, whatever you're looking at rotisserie. But no, <laughs> I think it's just it's way too early to work. But I can't even I can't even worry about June right now. It's too hard to manage week to week, let alone worry about 2003. I think Harper's just having a fantastic year and let's just roll with what he's doing. Yeah, that's uh, that's as valid as any other comment. If you're <laughs> going to put up those kind of numbers, it, it really don't matter. It don't matter. All right, that's going to wrap us up for this week's news and notes section of the episode. As always, uh, I'm sure we missed a few things worth noting. And to keep up with all the news of the day, make sure you're listening to the First Pitch Podcast with uh, James Shiano, Chad Young, and Scott Chu, putting it out every single day of the news, highlights, and observations from the days before games and looking advanced into uh, the same day's games as well, including weather with Mark. And they go over everything you need to know to win your fantasy league. In just a moment, we're going to talk to Derek about his role at the National Fantasy Baseball Championship platform, as well as get some tips worth sharing about navigating the site. And we'll get to all of that and more right after this quick break. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, and we are back. I am Adam Howe, joined, of course, with Kevin Hastings and Derek Butcher of the NFC, focusing, of course, today on the NFBC portion of that platform. That's the National Fantasy Baseball Championship. And so, Derek, 
I want to take a little bit of time with you as you do a lot of the stuff behind the scenes at the NFC. You, As you said at the start of the show, you were an avid fan, avid player of the site leading into your expanded role there as well. We have a lot of we have a lot of people. We have at least a few people who listen to the show regularly. They're in our um, listener leagues, which is hosted over on the platform, are pretty new to the site, or this is their first league that they've ever played in. And I know from my personal experience, joining playing my TGFBI just a couple of years ago for the first time using the site, it's different than a lot of the other fantasy sites that are regularly played on, and it can be daunting if you will just but doing something new in general can be daunting right can you give any advice to those first time listeners of the platform any other tips that you can give about navigating where, where to go what are the things that people don't know exist like i see all the times like hey how do you find out what the roster ship levels are of all these players is it worth looking into yet we use these stats all the time and i don't think a lot of people know that you can just find that pretty regularly whether you're in a league or not in a league on the site but for a first timer what kind of advice can you can you give out to those players to stop them from being too overwhelmed? Sure. And let me first say, I, I did a video on this on our YouTube channel about a month and a half ago, which I can send to you guys. If you have show notes or whatever, you can absolutely put that in there, which I think it, it's really quick. It's probably about 13 minutes at this point that you watch. And I, I go through pretty much everything, the old stuff, the new stuff, anything you need to know. But I would actually say just to new timers, is you, you do have to get used to the actual normal fab page, which is just transactions, free agents. Like you said, it can be daunting when you go in there the first time. You got a bunch of names on the left. You got stuff on the right. But at the end of the day, it's okay. What am I doing here? I'm trying to pick players up. All right. So I'm going to, we have, and I noted here in this stuff, blue versus green, right? So when you first go into the fab room to, to, to click on a free agent, everything is blue, which means basically, all right, you're going to, let's say you're going to pick up, uh, for instance, let's just say Josh Rojas or something like that. That's who you want to pick up. He's there. You click on him. It's in the blue. You click on him. He comes over to your first claim list on the right side. And then what you can do from that point is add conditional bids, which are bids that have to be the same or less than the guy you're actually bidding on. So if you, let's just say you want to spend $7 per se on Josh Rojas. You can click on a little thing next to him that's just a little, basically an icon, and it'll allow, then it'll turn everyone else green on the left side, which means now I'm adding to this actual list that I've already started. So if I, some reason I don't get Josh Rojas for $7, I can add players to the list down the line, right? So it's somebody else at five, six, whatever price. It can be, they can all be sevens. Mm -hmm. They just have to, they have to be the same or less going down. So however many you add to the list, whatever, that, that is one list. Now, what you have to do sometimes, so then you'll have one drop player essentially uh, for that list. But what you can do is if you have different positions in that list, let's say you want to add Josh Rojas, but you want to, if you get Rojas, you can play short. Obviously, you can play other positions, but then you're going to maybe want to drop a shortstop you have. I don't know, Jose Iglesias from Colorado, for example, I don't know, or whatever. But let's say the second guy in that list is an outfielder because that's your ne- your next hitter that you want. But if you get this outfielder, you don't necessarily want to drop Jose Iglesias because you might need to use him or something. You can actually change that guy. So you do have to tinker with it. I I think there's not, again, I'll give you the video, which I think can help a lot. But people need to understand what conditional bids are. There's sites out there where you can bid, say, $7 on a list for some guy. But then the next guy, you want that guy at 7 But for, for some reason, you want another guy. If you're actually not able to get the first guy cheap, you could bid. 30 bucks on a guy below him. We don't allow that just because it, it, it would, it messes up the whole fab. It messes up everything. So 
there are sites that allow you to do that, especially in football. I, I don't know that other baseball ones actually do that. But And then we have just have a waterfalling bid, which, again, I can show you on the video. But it's basically, uh, okay, you have the first guy at $7, and every guy you add to the list, you'll, you're willing to pay $7 for, or halfway down the list or whatever. So all you got to do is click the rightmost and again, I'm, I'm doing this obviously not visually, but the, the rightmost link on there, right? It turns into a red X. It's a circle with a red X in mm-hmm. it. You click, you click the water drop above it and then go to the box, put seven and go all the way down. And it always filters down. That's why it's called a waterfall. So if halfway down the list, if you don't want to be paying seven bucks or whatever, you want to be paying three bucks or one dollar less, so you can do the same thing. Boom. People need to learn how to do that. And then just copying lists saves you time within the league, right? So you have this list that you created and now maybe you want to drop a second guy. You can just copy the same list. You don't even have to delete the top guy. I always do that because it just makes me feel like I know what I'm doing more. But you don't even have to do that because <laughs> if you get the top guy in the first list, he, you can't get him in the second list. So it's, you don't have to do it. I just do it because it just makes me feel normal. But again, doing that and then just, and just player drop. So again, it's something you do have to play around with. It's, it's not something I can explain 100% like now, or again, I'm going to send you guys the video links. If you have show notes, put it in there. Definitely like Absolutely. a 13, 14 minute video and it'll, it will explain everything I'm really going through. So that's the basics of what a new user needs to get to. And again, just like in anything, if you're a new user, you want to, you know, you know, on a stock platform or anything else or anything you got to, there's a little bit of time where you just, you got to get used to it. And that's your, that's it. But once you get used to it, I honestly believe we have the best fab and draft software in the industry. And again, I'm probably biased, but uh, once you get used to it, <laughs> obviously once you get used to it, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I know that it was a little, a little something to get used to the first time around for me, but I wouldn't have it any other way now that I'm uh, a couple of years deep. Um, I'm going to get, I just want to get to one more thing because this is a new feature for the NFBC and for those playing in multiple or multiple fab leagues, it was a game changer. And that was the ability to actually make bids in one league and then actually copy those bids, not only within the same league or same team, but also to copy them to your other teams and automatically deleting players that aren't available. For the most part, it does that. It, it, It saves a lot of time. So, really quickly because i really want to get to some of our fab recommendations in just a minute but could you really quickly explain what why that was so important um to do for the site when as you stated the fab is already with the the way you do fab on nfbc was already one of the, the the perks of most players that play on the site and how do you utilize it on a regular basis Sure. So what we, like you said, what we allowed, we finally figured out, it took us 18 months to figure it out, sadly, but it took us 18 <laughs> months to figure it out how to allow you to copy, you know, a fabulous from one league to another league. And we had to find out how to wait. So if player X wasn't available in your next league, he just disappeared from that list. So we, we finally got it figured out and it, it's just a time saver, right? That's the key to it. it. It's not a, it's not a perfect science because there's guys in one league. If you start and there's guys in another league that are just available, you're never gonna be able to capture all that. What this does, I believe is it, I the way I use it, so I'm, I have six uh, teams, you know, six fab teams on the NFBC platform. I wish I could have more. I wish I could play more. I used to have thirty teams when I played, <laughs> but uh, so I have six right now. So what I do, I have a couple uh, twelve team satellites. Let's say okay, and then I have some fifteen team leagues. So I always start. I have one twelve team satellite where just there's about three or four owners that just aren't paying attention anymore. So that I consider that my shallowest league because it's just people aren't making enough pickups, enough drop. So every time I go and I start my free agency from there, I go and look. 
I'll make my list and then I'll just copy to the other five leagues just to see if those guys that I want in that league are available in the next league. And sometimes they aren't. And again, you still have to go into each and every individual league because you have to pick a drop player because you're not going to have the same players to drop available in every league. That's just, that's not how it works. So again, it's a time saver. It allows you to dig deep onto a, I believe onto a shallower team and where it really works guys. And I, I don't know if you guys play these leagues or not, but I like our cut line or the Raz slam national champion that we do for Raz ball where you're making lists of, cause there's only two or three fabs all year, you, but you're making each, each fab list is probably a hundred guys deep. Cause there's only, like you said, you don't do fab every week. So you make that one list and it takes you a while, right? Let's say in your changing prices. But then when you got that list to be able to copy that to, couple other cut line teams or Raswell teams. We have a couple guys that play sure. 30 or 40 cut line teams. They used to spend, uh, one guy in particular, Jason Cost, said he used to spend 40 hours each fab, each cut line fab period. So he had 30 or 40 teams and he'd have to create a list for each one. Now he can make the one list and copy over. Yes, you're gonna some guys are going to move in and out and you have to look for other guys. But he said it saved him probably 80% of the time. Right. So he went from 30 hours to down to six or I don't know, whatever, like whatever, six or Literally seven, doesn't days. matter, doesn't even matter. Yeah, days, <laughs> a day of uh, an actual yeah. day and hours. That's what we did. And again, so you, I know you, Adam, you asked me a question later, uh, just like how did it work for baseball this year? I believe it, it helped a couple guys, not a couple, a few guys take a few more teams just based on blind faith because they weren't actually able to do fab until April 3rd, a few days right. before the season. Where it's where we're going to see it is the people that play baseball and also play football, which is probably half our crowd, honestly, to be truth, or at least 40%. They know now that they can do that. So football, is we're going to see just a monster uh, response from that. And then next year, 2023 NFBC, I'm excited to see – now that people know that they can do that. And it's not even about taking extra teams. I don't even care about that. I just think it's about saving everybody time and hours to sure. do whatever else they want to do on Saturdays and Sundays and whatever. Because that fab is tough sometimes. If you got enough teams, you're, you're spending hours. So we're just happy that we were able to do it, <laughs> give people the chance to have more time with their families and kids and whatever, or just spend more. You can have more teams just because the time that you used to spend, you you don't have to spend as much anymore. So that that's where it's at. Again, it's, it's not perfect, but we're going to try and we'll fix it each and every every year when something we find out something's not exactly perfect. Uh, I'll take I love getting, uh, I get yelled at more than anybody actually from on the, I actually run the NFBC and the NFFC Twitter account. So every time there's a complaint that's coming to me and I love them because no, I, honestly I do because it's like, it, it's it helps. It's like, all right, somebody sees this or whatever. Again, I played with this this new fab system for 10 days. I tried to break in every way I could just trying to do it, and I couldn't do it. And I actually got an email from or a, a, a DM actually from somebody that said, try this. It's not working for me. He was 100%, and I was able to fix it within 45 minutes. Nice. So I love that. I love that stuff. Again, I get a little spicy on Twitter as personally sometimes, but never on the NFBC or FFC <laughs> accounts. And so uh, it's uh, honestly, guys, it's a labor of love for me. Um, I Again, there's times I wish I can't play. Like when I'm at live events in Vegas or whatever and, and people are drafting main events, man, I want to sit down against you guys and play. I really do. Again, I have you know private leagues on NFBC and I'm in a couple, but I still can't play the big contests, which I love. I was a huge Rotowire player and I played main events. At the end of the day, my real job here is to make sure this doesn't fall off the tracks because I love this community, this what we do with the NFBC, NFFC Sports Hub. I love the fact that you guys that, you know contact me and say, hey, we need a we think we can get five leagues for my podcast. And we're going to get all our listeners on. Boom, done, done deal. Love it. You guys had five leagues this year uh, that you did privately, which was fantastic. It just grows the community, grows everything. So I'm, I'm all about 
everything in this community. So that that's it. That's uh, whatever else we have. Let's talk about our players. Yeah, there we go. All right. Make sure you're following Derek also on the NFBC Twitter account. I always like to re- remind everybody it is at the NFBC. Yes, if you try to it- tag NFBC, <laughs> you get a so, very different account. <laughs> and it was actually the Niagara Falls Biking Club up to about uh, about a year ago, and now it is not that. So trust me, you want the NFBC. <laughs> <laughs> they never respond. I know I made the mistake, but they never (laughs) responded to my mistakes. Uh, I'm sure they're just used to it by now. They're one of the very few like four letter Twitter accounts out there and good for them for holding on to it. All right. Like Derek said, let's get to some players. Of course, we go through category by category and we'll typically uh, we usually use the same roster set percentage benchmarks that Derek talked about earlier. When we talk about 15 teamers, we're usually quoting main event roster ships. And for 12 teamers in shallower, we'll use main event. Every once in a while, we'll also throw in some Yahoo in there because it is a different format. Those daily moves, smaller rosters as well to give a little bit different perspective. To start off with power, Kevin, who are you looking at that might hit a couple bombs this week for us? In deep leagues, I think Edwin Rios probably needs to be rostered now, and he is widely available in 15 and 12 team leagues. He had a pinch hit home run last Monday. That earned him a start at designated hitter on Tuesday. He went three for five with another home run. That earned him another DH spot, and he went one for four. That got him another one. So tonight they're facing a left-handed starter. He's not in the lineup. I think he has four plate appearances against lefties all season, so that's no surprise. Versus right-handed starting pitching, I I think we're going to continue to see him in the, the DH spot. In shallow leagues on Yahoo, Jeremy Pena, who so far has earned the fourth largest amount of money for a starting short up and shortstop in fantasy baseball is available in a third of Yahoo leagues. That should not be the case. <laughs> I saw you just added his name to this. I'm like, what are you doing adding his? And then I realized that roster ship percentage on was insane. Now he he's not in the lineup today, Saturday, as we're recording this, we'll see if he's able to come back from that uh, slight knee injury that he sustained the other day. But it, it, they they did get some backup in Houston, getting uh, Dubon from San Francisco for right. multi-positional eligibility there, possibly filling in at second base or, or somewhere else that's needed. But we'll see by Sunday what he's he's still there's no reason he should be 100 percent rostered and just, you know, stashed on your bench until he's healthy again. Derek, any other boppers out there that you like to add to your power this week? Yeah, to me, it's Christian Walker of the Diamondbacks. Hit cleanup the last seven, eight games. I haven't looked all the way back, but I, I looked at the last one. He hit cleanup again tonight. Last week, up until tonight, 400, 500, 550 slash line. Has six home run. Hasn't hit one in the last uh, week or so, but uh, just batting cleanup every day, right? Diamondbacks are not that bad of a team. They're actually a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. He's a guy who just, if he's, I, I think he can just build numbers through sheer playing time. Not special by any means, but not going to hurt you if he's playing every day. He's available in a few main events, but I think he's available in about 40% of Rotowire Online championship teams still this week. I, I think that'll probably go way up. All right, cool. Let's go the opposite direction and go towards speed. Uh, stolen bases, runs, as Kevin reminded me, it's not just about stolen bases. So we got to look at those run opportunities as well. 
But my note here that I'm just going to talk about stolen bases once again. I'm only I'm going to be focusing on pretty much anybody from Atlanta uh, this coming week. There are five of their six scheduled starters that they are pitching against them have above average stolen base attempt percentages. So they are not holding runners all that well. And Atlanta, unfortunately, most of the guys that do run on that team are probably rostered, <laughs> even in 12 teamers between Acuna, LB, Steven Swanson, who's running quite a bit. But it's more of a more of an announcement. Hey, if you have these guys in your roster and you're considering moving your lineups around, these guys have a really good opportunity of adding stolen bases to to your lineup. So if you weren't were thinking about benching them for somebody else who might have a a four game first half of the, of the week, maybe think twice about that and keep them in your lineup. Kevin, anybody not on Atlanta that you're looking at in this category? Yeah, this might be a fluke. We don't know. Derek brought up Joey Wendell earlier in his four stolen bases. He had those four three weeks ago, and he's still stuck there. So this may happen with Brad Miller as well. But it is the Texas Rangers, and we know they like to run. He's got four stolen bases on the season, three of them in the last 10 days. And they face five right-handed starting pitchers this week out of their seven games played. So he's been hitting the leadoff against right-handed starting pitching. Brad Miller may steal some bases this week again. Nice, nice. All right, good. I like you're going with stolen bases. You're not worrying about the runs like me. Derek, anybody else in the speed department that uh, you have your eye on? Going back to the D-backs, my guy Josh Rojas just came back recently in the last week, has two stolen bags already. He's not widely available, actually. I don't think he's available on any of our main event teams. I think in about 14 or 15% of our Rotowire league. So he might be a tough get, but in your home leagues, maybe you can make a deal for him, I guess. I like him now, and again, just based on another question about opportunity, he has second base, shortstop, and outfield eligibility already. He's going to get third base eligibility soon, especially in NFBC. You only need 10 games. Before tonight, he played five of the last six, and he's a left-handed hitter, and he played against all three of the lefties they faced. Again, until he proves he can't play, and I I'm not going to say he's not going to prove that he can't play, but I, I just think he's a guy that just based on the eligibility and, and what he's done so far, a guy you can take a shot at. Yeah, he it was a good call out. I was you had already put him in your notes, so I couldn't I didn't want to steal him from you. But he's a guy <laughs> I'm definitely eyeing for stolen bases this week. I mean, he's he's taking almost 20 percent of the opportunities that he's given on the base pass. And he's been he's been giving himself more opportunities than he knows what to do with with uh, opportunity to steal at least second base, if not also third base. And he's got some really good matchups next week as far as pitchers who don't hold runners as well as they probably would. None of them are Noah Syndergaard, but they're all pretty <laughs> they're all pretty not that great at it in L.A. and uh, against the Cubs. So we've got a couple of a couple of teams out there. As we go into our opportunity section here that we want to take advantage of that have a full slate of games, if not more, we have 12 teams have at least seven games. Actually, I need to change that, I believe, to 14 teams, if I'm not mistaken. Baltimore, Boston, the Yankees, the White Sox, Kansas City, Houston, Seattle, Texas, the Mets, Kansas, Kansas City already, St. Louis and Arizona all have a seven game day work week uh, coming up and then also the Dodgers in Arizona um, have their double header as well as Kansas City and the White Sox now have a double header on Tuesday as well so they're eight game weeks for those teams as well so keep an eye on those schedules especially on the hitter side get those extra at bats for your rosters Colorado as we like to focus on is home for six games next week so six games in Colorado 
something to keep an eye out for sure. They host San Francisco for three Monday through Wednesday, have off day on Thursday, and then they host the Mets over the weekend. So look at that. And then the only teams with five game work week this coming week live in the state of Ohio. So the Cleveland and Cincinnati, they have Monday and Thursday off. So keep an eye on those those hitters in your lineups. You might want to bench those depending on how you feel about their their possibilities. So on that note, Derek, I'll start with you. Any of these notes that I just gave um, are going to affect your, your fab bidding and or lineup uh, decisions for this coming week? Probably not. Again, my note was that I'm going to sit any Cleveland hitter that's not Jose Ramirez and any Cincinnati hat or not named Stevenson. I, you should have somebody else on your roster that's going to play at least three games, which means they play 50% more based on weather and whatnot. But to me, it's hard to start somebody playing two games a week that's not a monster. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I might push back and just say I, Stevenson might not even be a lock. Just if the, on the off chance he gets an extra off day behind the plate and he only ends up playing one of those two games, if I've got a backup, though, I probably don't have a backup catcher or third <laughs> yeah, or fourth catcher. I, you should not. You should not have a backup but my DC. Yeah. Kevin, any anything you're taking advantage of based on these or any other notes for an opportunity heading into next week? Oh, if I'm hurting for an infielder with the seven game week coming back from injury, Edmundo Sosa uh, in St. Louis, he's had pretty rough season so far, but it's been pretty sporadic playing time with Paul DeYoung going down and their reluctance to bring up Nolan Gorman. We probably see Edmundo Sosa quite a bit this week. All right, let's head into our pitching categories real quick. Derek, I know you've got a little bit of a time crunch right here, so we're going to try to fly through this with yeah, you. Got about five minutes left. So, All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's look really far ahead. I got a list of pitchers here that look like they're going to have a two-star week, not this week, but the following week. Derek, start with you. Give me a name from this list that you really, based on the matchups, that you might consider fabbing this week to stash for the two-star the week after. I guess my guy, Josh Winter from the Twins, has been pretty dang solid lately. So that's one. Detmer's hard to not like Detmer's an F for the no hitter. But again, my note was here is I don't look at guys that far out. I just, and I know I'm probably in the minority here, especially of NFBC players. But to me, so much can happen over the course of not only this next week coming up, but looking ahead to things. I feel like I, most of the time I would waste my time. So I don't usually look two weeks out. I'll look the next week if somebody's on a wire and then thinking they're going to get two starts, I'll, I'll pick them up. But I, I rarely ever look farther than that because I just feel like too much can happen. I've been burned too much and I don't want to waste my time because I only have a limited amount of time to do fab and stuff anyways. So the, I, I actually do believe I'm in the minority there. So I, what are your guys' takes on that? Yeah, I think we just talked about this, Kevin, last week. It's all about risk and reward. Obviously, there's going to be some reward in not having to pay as much. It's pretty well documented that you can pick up these guys. in the. I see it all happen in the main event all the time. These guys get picked 100%. up a week early, and then they get yeah. picked up the week after that in TGFBI just to compare 15s to 15s, um, and they go for at least 40 to 50% higher fab bids just because they are guaranteed. It's the guarantee of having the two starters. Kevin, is there any name on this list that kind of stands out to you that you might be worth? I agree 100% on Winder. He gets Detroit, who's, they haven't even scored 100 runs yet. Uh, I think they're 20-something runs behind the second-to-last lowest-scoring team in baseball. And and I don't see them flipping that script like they did on us last season <laughs> when they started just exploding for runs for about a month and a half. And, and then they get my Royals, who are scoring about three runs a game as well. So that's definitely the guy. All right, cool. Let's get to this week. This is what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to combine all of these pitching categories together. Derek, and start with you. So go bullet point by go lightning round. Wins and K's, who's your guy that you're looking at? 
ratios, who can help your ratios, and then who you're stashing for some possible saves in the future. Just to blow Twitter back up from the last couple of days, let's say Clay Holmes. <laughs> I still only rostered in 71% of mains and only 18% ROCs. Um, just a guy like, we don't know. Chapman's been solid so far. But again, I think I do believe he's the next guy in line. Again, the, uh, on ratios, he's just been solid so far. Again, anything can happen over a small sample size moving forward, blah, blah, blah. Uh, saves, I think. Emilio Pagan and, and Helsley from the Cardinals are still two guys I think are going to get some chances. I love John Duran as a Twins fan. He's, oh my God, his stuff is beautiful. But at the end of the day, he's still being used in situations sometimes for two innings. And, and if he has a two inning save, the next time Pagan comes out. And so I think he's going to get some saves. Helsley, I just, he's so good right now. He's really <laughs> good too. So these guys are just, they're just, I don't think they're rostered enough everywhere. And then a wild card guy for me is still Steven Strasburg. Again, I've been a Strasburg stand for a long time, so that's probably bias, and people don't like Strasburg. Nobody likes Strasburg as much as me, so I will admit that going in. But again, if you can get him for cheap, it's worth a shot. Again, you can only, on the NFC, you only have 30-man rosters raising. We don't have no IL spots, so there's only a seven-man bench, so you can only do so much. Same with DeGrom. If somehow DeGrom gets dropped in an NFC league, I think you got to take the chance because you're not going to have to pay all that much to get him i don't believe and let me say i was holding sale in some leagues before this last setback and i've now cut him i I have him in one industry league where i have an unlimited il spots but at this point in nfc i think sales a cut those are my guys i just again i'm very tight with my pitching to be honest there's certain guys i will just never take i only always have i try to have 11 pitchers out of my 30 guys and i try and make those the best 11 i can always have so i'm very tight about guys i'll let on my team which is a lot of times why i won't look two weeks in advance to try and pick up a starting pitcher that i'll have those two starts out in two weeks because A, that might not happen, and B, I might not like the guy enough to be a top 11 pitcher anyway. So that's kind of my take, and that's where I'll leave it. Yeah, I think that's all great. That's great insight because I feel like we probably get a little bit different insight from other people, and that's the reason why we have so many different people on this show is you try to get as much different playing uh, strategy, structure of how they structure the rosters and all that from different areas. All right, awesome, good stuff, Derek and Kevin. Same thing. Let's go lightning round with you as well. What we got for all those different pitching categories going into Fab for this week? I like Jeffrey Springs. He's only thirteen percent rostered in main events. He he was lights out for most of the season. He got his first start this week, and he got to face the highest scoring team in baseball in the angels now he gets to come back around and go all the way from number one to number 30 those tigers i just talked about a little bit ago and i it's he went four innings against the angels gave up three earned runs this tigers lineup which as much as they strike out and as horrible as they've been at scoring runs this actually makes me think he'll get his five innings even in this start and qualify for a win. I believe we have talked about JP Fireisen more than once this season, still widely available out there, and he's earned top 10 pitching for all pitchers, not just relievers, all pitchers in baseball. That's due to those three wins. Now, we talked about this with Brent Suter last year, They like to use him in the situations where it's a tie ball game or down by just a run or so late in the game. And he's getting opportunities to to get these wins along with his great ratios and his starts. It's been, I think, over two weeks since they've had him start a game, which we don't want because he's not going to go five innings. We want him coming in later in the game. So he has the opportunity for that win. I was watching the Baltimore Orioles play my Royals last Monday And when Felix Bautista came in the eighth inning, I was like, where did this guy come from? 
And why is he not their closer? <laughs> now we know all about Jorge Lopez and his the uptick in velocity, and he's been pretty good for most of this season. I, he was on bereavement this year because right after that Monday game, Bautista went out and got two saves this week. He is 0% rostered across NFBC. And as, as much as I have said in the past that I don't like rotating my speculative closers, I, I'm going to I'm going after Bautista where I can, where I have a spot for him. I th- I think he looks amazing for Baltimore. Yeah, we know how many save opportunities will he get in Baltimore. Sure. But I, I <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's kind of my wild card as well. My saves in with the wild card because you can't have more than a stash on these teams with only seven bench spots. So I'm cheating a little bit there, but he really does fill, fill both spots. Yeah, I'm worried your Jeffrey Springs uh, suggestion might come back to haunt you because he is slated to start tomorrow or Sunday as you're listening, as everybody's listening to this. I'm wondering uh, how many, where he's going to end up starting uh, next week for Tampa Bay. Though I do like that. Oh, did they move him up? Yeah, he's slated everything I'm looking at for Sunday, but that doesn't mean, that means he's, he'll still get a start next week. It just might not be against Detroit. I do that he is, his innings keep going up. He, he yeah. keeps going deeper and deeper into games. He does. He should be pitching against Toronto on Sunday as you're listening to this. We'll see how he does against that. Like Detroit a lot better. That would still line. That would line him up at Baltimore next week, which we know the park is much better now and that not a horrible yet. offense to face. <laughs> yeah, and Batista. Yeah, I noticed him as I was writing up the uh, reliever ranks article earlier in the week, topping over 100 in multiple pitches. I think he had in that game. And it was referencing from uh, this past Monday, he had eight, the top eight thrown pitches of the game. And so that was, uh, that was nice to see. And then obviously he's moved up since getting that extra inning save for Baltimore. Now you said Lopez is back. Bautista looks like he would step into that role pretty easily if that role were to become available. Yeah, it'd be nice if Lopez, if Baltimore can win a game Saturday yeah, that would and be. Sunday and Lopez <laughs> can get the save so everybody forgets about Bautista. Oh, sure. Because having two saves in a week, we know what that does to fab prices. That's uh, triple digits all the way. <laughs> yeah. And in that case, Kevin, you're probably going to have some bids in, but you probably won't get them. <laughs> exactly. All right. On that note, Kevin, do you have any other final words of advice uh, for our listeners as we get deeper into May and that much closer to the halfway point? I do. And, and it, Derek actually touched on this briefly earlier in the show. If you have not played many cut line leagues before, or it's, it's your first time, uh, or you're in Raz Slam for the first time, the second fab period is a little over three weeks away. And you need to start building those lists right now. Because as Derek alluded to, it, it, it's so different when we're most weeks trying to worry about how much money we're going to save. No, in this last fab period for the rest of the season, you need to spend all of your money and maximize what you're getting for it. So it does take time, even for just a league or two, not the 40 hours if you have 30 leagues, but it takes time. You need to start adding guys to your list right now. Yeah. And if if nothing else, start doing it now so that on the off chance you are in just like one of those leagues, you totally forget about that league. At least you have bids there. (laughs) So you might not fill every roster spot, but at least you won't, you won't go. You can't take that money with you. So you might as well spend it. Yeah. Uh, There's some, it's different than any other fab you do, because if you don't get 
your most expensive guy in the list and then you get a guy three or four picks down or even way down the list. Now you have more money for your next claim list. So there's more to it than a typical fab week. I I do not, Derek, I do not envy the programmers that had to figure that out. (laughs) Right. Derek, once again, you know, thanks so much for joining us this week. Can you take a moment to remind our listeners who you are, what you do, what would you say you do here a moment, <laughs> and, and we'll get you out of here. My office space moment. What would you yeah, say exactly. I do here? Beautiful. <laughs> again, I just, uh, I'm NFC, NFC. I love it. I love the industry. I love anything. I love coming on podcasts. If you guys ever need me back, don't be afraid to hit me up. I'll come and talk. Even spur the moment if you need somebody, get me back. I, I love talking with you guys, talking with everybody. I love the NFBC, NFC so much. It's again my only job. Again, yeah, the dumb, the dumb nickname I gave myself, Swiss Army knife. But my honestly, my only real job is to make sure this never goes off the rails. It's a steaming train. It really is a steaming train. My only job is to be the conductor, make sure it stays on the track, so that we all, you all. We all have this industry and we have Enjoy a place to play. That's all I have. That's my number one thing. And, and it entails a lot of behind the scenes stuff for me, which is too boring to explain on a podcast. I just, Seriously, it is. But I, I just love it so much. And I, I want this to be here forever. I want to be involved with it forever so that we all have a place to play. Sounds good to me, man. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us, Derek. All right, that's going to wrap it up for episode 59 of On The Wire. Please make sure to subscribe, share, and review the podcast wherever you're listening. We will be back every Sunday, of course, with detailed fab breakdowns throughout the 2022 season. And of course, keep a lookout for Kevin's companion article over at PitcherList.com. comes out every Sunday afternoon as well. You can follow myself on the Twitter at 80Grade. That's all spelled out. And Kevin is at HastingKevin. Of course, follow the pod itself at On The Wire Pod. I'd like to thank our guest, Derek Butcher, for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at DButcher. That's D-B-U-C-H-A-R. And there'll be links to that in his videos in the show description. So check those out. I am Adam Howe. And on behalf of Kevin Hastings, thanks for listening. And with that, we bid you goodbye.